You're listening to Creatively Human with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world, make an impact in our own unique way, and importantly, to get well paid for it. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to quietly ambitious humans. Hi, and welcome back to the first interview of season five of the podcast. I have not recorded an interview since, and I'm talking here in September, I have not recorded an interview since I think February this year, so it's been a while. And it just so turns out that the first person I'm interviewing is Kate Northrup, who is basically one of my business idols. She is committed to supporting ambitious women to light up the world without burning themselves out. Kate teaches data and soul-driven time and energy management practices that result in saving time, making more money, and experiencing less stress through her Do Less Planner, her programs, her books, Do Less, and Money, A Love Story. And many of you listening, I'm sure, will have already heard of Kate, um, but I just wanted to add here that she is definitely a huge influence on my work. I think I probably first heard and learned about cyclical planning in line with the menstrual cycle and the lunar cycle um, from Kate and her kind of do less philosophy has been a massive influence on me. I'm actually a member of her origin community which is open at the time this episode is coming out. I just love the space and I said this to Kate in the interview but one of the reasons why I love being in her world And her membership is really affordable, by the way. I love being in her world because I just like the fact that she has a unique philosophy and way of looking at things. And she's very much practical in terms of business, but through this lens of taking our needs and our feelings and our bodies into account, which I just really, really love. Um, And like I said, the membership is open now. And I do have a bonus if you sign up through my affiliate link. And that means I will get a commission if you choose to sign up. But honestly, I would not promote this if I wasn't a happy member myself. I've been a member of Origin for like two years or potentially more than two years. I'm on a yearly plan because I just know it's one of those things in my business that I want to stay a part of. And I should add here that I met my mastermind group in this group origin so it's like a co-led mastermind group actually I'll put a link in the show notes to a podcast episode that we recorded separately on one of the other ladies podcasts that was on the let it shine podcast with Danielle Brooker but yeah I met these incredible women who I definitely considered to be friends and like really valued people in my life in, in terms of the support they give especially for business but really life in general I've also met friends there other friends apart from them and clients as well And it's just such a lovely space where you know that you can come with certain feelings and issues and be totally understood. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes to the details for my bonus and the link to get it through if you want to get that bonus. Um, Or you can just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash origin. And yeah, before I recorded this episode, I asked you on social media for any questions for Kate, because I know a lot of you are already fans, um, and you gave me some really juicy questions, so thank you. I have to say before we go in, though, that unfortunately, I didn't get around to asking all of the questions. So if you asked a question for me to ask and I didn't ask it, that was a lot of ask, ask, ask in that sentence. If I didn't get around to asking her, I really apologise, um, but, you know, we were just sort of seeing where the conversation took us, and um, 
I know that you're going to really enjoy this episode. She particularly had some amazing advice about building a team, letting go of things that aren't your zone of genius in your business. We also talked about developing a really strong voice and a unique philosophy um, and also how we deal with criticism um how Kate kind of sometimes you know it's not worth her time and also she's also really a great model of a leader who will listen to criticism when it is justified and um really take that into account with content and I really admire being in her origin space for the way she handles all of that too um and the way she talks about privilege and I just think it's a really good lesson for all of us in learning as we go and being honest and humble and standing up for what matters. Anyway, I'm going on here. Basically, yeah, I'll put the link to Origin in the show notes or you can go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash Origin. And yeah, enjoy the episode. We dug into some really, really juicy stuff. Hi, Kate. Thank you so, so much for coming on my podcast. And I know that so many people who listen to this podcast already know who you are. And they were very excited that I was getting to interview you today. So as was I. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so basically, I kind of asked my audience what they wanted to talk about today. And they gave me some really interesting, juicy questions. So I'll see how many I can get through okay. um, as we chat. But one of the ones that I actually really loved and I wanted to start with was, and it's kind of a juicy one. Um, what is your key takeaway from the pandemic? so far and like has it changed anything for you has it has it led you to realize something that you just don't want to go back to that is such a great question so there are so i mean there's been so much learning you know for me and for our community uh, since march and i would say the biggest one for me has been around my capacity a little hard to describe. I haven't really articulated it yet, but around certainly my capacity to be present and also it's seriously whittled down the scope of what I thought was important or necessary in my life or in my future. So what I mean by that specifically is, you know, as we, so I haven't left home. I mean, of course I've left my house, <laughs> left like, you know, within, I think I haven't been further than an hour and a half from my house uh, since March. And I'm like unbelievably happy with that. <laughs> and as somebody who historically you know, before I had kids, I was on a plane a couple times a month. Uh, even after I had kids, certainly there were seasons when I was on an airplane once a month um, during book tours more. And I am in this place where I'm, yes, I think cross-cultural like collaboration and getting to know people who live in different ways and who think in different ways is absolutely critical. And I'm I'm like, if I didn't get on an airplane again, I'd be okay. And I think that the requirement to stay close to home has forced me in such a good way to look around my home and the people that I spend time with and be like, 
is this working for me? And I am very blessed to say that it really is. And it's helped me be so much happier with what I have rather than be thinking something else is necessary to fulfill me. Mm. Yeah. I've definitely had that experience as well. Amazing. And like in terms of your whole, like do less philosophy, has it influenced the way you think about that? Because actually, even as you were talking about travel and stuff, I was thinking that's just like stuff in your head, right? It's, it's removed like a layer of like planning and thinking about stuff. Like it's yeah. not always good, but it has gotten rid of a lot of stuff going on in our heads. It is the massive simplification of, now I also understand that this is not the case for everybody. For yeah, a lot of yeah. people, this has massively complicated their lives. Yeah, so absolutely. I really don't want to be speaking from a perspective thinking that this is like rainbows and sunshine because yeah. it, it, is, it is not um, for many people. And there are certainly aspects with it. It has not been for me either. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in terms of the do less philosophy, you know, just the simplification of like, it was so cool the first couple of months to have no plans any weekend and just be like, I have this one girlfriend that I've walked with almost every weekend since, since it started. And, and it would just be like, do you want to walk this weekend? Yep. That's the only thing I have going on. And it's so refreshing to just be like, wow, my schedule is wide open. There's so much less going on. Um, And it gave me a new layer of that sweetness, the taste of what happens when we remove things from our lives and remove things from our calendar and realize like we can be so much happier with less going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, yeah, I mean, it definitely helped me to solidify my do less philosophy, to practice it in new ways. Um, I got a lot of folks reaching out being like, hey, your book has been really helpful during this time. So um, so also that it turns out the strategies work even in a pandemic. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And in terms of like the activities that you're working on in your business, I mean, I don't know. I know that you are letting go of your podcast, which, which seems like quite a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if that's purely related to this whole pandemic stuff or it's like, cause I've listened to your podcast and there's other stuff. Yeah, behind it. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily related to the po- to the pandemic though. I certainly think that, you know, any intense event in life, whether it's a divorce, the birth, a death moving, um, really puts pressure on us to really take a closer look at what we're doing with our time and energy and if it feels right anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so with with the podcast, it's really was, that was a secondary decision based on Mike and my decision to really go our separate ways business-wise. And then if we were doing that, it, it didn't make sense for the primary content for the business to be he and I speaking every week. And so it was actually a secondary decision based on the primary decision of like, okay, like let's be, you know, let's be as happy as possible. And for him, you know, my work is not his calling, Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Um, I don't think it, you know, most people's spouses work are not their calling. (laughs) Even though he's been amazing at supporting it, um, it just doesn't make sense anymore. And so we're still slowly unraveling in a very sort of kind, loving way. It's been 10 years of interweaving. So it takes 
it's going to take a little bit longer, I think, than we expected to undo that. Yeah, I can imagine. And so at the point at which I'm talking to you about this, a couple of months ago, I made a decision. So I've had a business online for a long time and I've shifted my focus. And a couple of months ago, I I really cut ties with the old business because of kind of the same sort of reasoning. Like it was successful. It was working. It was bringing in the money. um, But it definitely was not my thing. It didn't fulfill me in the ways that I felt like I needed to be fulfilled and it was just like it was on the one hand the easiest decision and I knew it was right but on the other hand it was still brought up so many feelings like I couldn't believe the feelings that came up doing the thing that I've wanted to do for so long which was to let it go it brought up so many feelings so I'm kind of curious I don't know maybe like you tell me if you're like still too in it to reflect on that but if you have any thoughts about like letting something like that go I would be so interested to hear them oh so here's the thing like I think that we have such a tendency to only let things go when they've gotten so painful or so wrong or so catastrophic that it's like really obvious that it's time or you know we just hold on until something falls apart so it's not even a conscious letting go it's just like done Um, and instead, certainly it sounds like in the case of you with this other business and and certainly in the case with Mike and and me and our business and our podcast, um, as kind of a symptom of that decision, it really was like, this is working. Like this is working really well. We have a seven figure business. We're really happily married. Um, people buy our stuff. They, they get life-changing results. People love the podcast. Our downloads are going up. And uh, especially in these last couple of weeks, our, our downloads have skyrocketed. <laughs> and so it has been like, oh, there have been a couple moments of, ooh, like uh, maybe we should, but, you know, we just are in the trust that if something's not great, then we got to let it go, even if it's good. And we don't, you know, just because something's right doesn't mean it's not also going to be sad to let go of, you know, just because the deci- we know the decision is right doesn't mean we're also not going to have grief and, um, you know, and some feelings about it. And I think that, you know, I don't know about you, but I certainly, I was more often the person breaking up with someone than the person being broken up with. I cried every time. I had so much grief every time. It was like, Mm-hmm. Yes, I know this isn't right anymore, but it also feels brutal to end. Yeah. So that's okay. You and know, it's so, it just it's is. For me, I just, there's that whole thing about judging the feelings you have about the thing. And it's just like, once I actually spotted, like, it's okay for me to have feelings about doing the thing that I actually did want to do. It's okay for it to like throw me off a bit. Yeah. It just, it's so much easier when you can just honor those feelings and recognize that they exist. Yeah. And not need you, yourself to feel differently than you do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And can I just say like your podcast, I know that you're letting it go, but I, I have, I have loved it. And as a perspective of someone who I don't work with my husband, I have worked with him sometimes, but I just, I just think it's such a lovely perspective and that content is all still going to be there for it us is. to benefit from in the future. Yes. And thank you for saying that. It's really been a joy to do. And, um, I, I am going to, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to some of the other questions, a few people asked me a kind of similar question. They're really interested in 
your whole like do less approach and knowing that you are like this um, brilliant business owner who has your face on everything. You're like the face of your brand. You put yourself out there and they're really curious to about like, what does it really look like for you implementing this kind of do less philosophy as the face of your brand? Mm. And what kind of team do you have behind the scenes to make that possible without you having to do all the things and kind of you focusing on that 20% of stuff that, that, that makes the most difference in your life versus the rest of the 80% of stuff that other people can do. Yeah. Okay. This is great. So I'll tell you my team first. So, uh, in June I hired a full-time operations manager slash integrator, um, she's wonderful as Mike transitioned more and more out, we realized we really needed this person. Um, we have a part-time graphic designer, a part-time copy editor. I occasionally hire a freelance copywriter to help me out with launch copy. Um, most of it I do myself, but sometimes I get backlogged. We have an amazing, um, contractor who does all the tech with Entreport and Access Ally and makes like the membership talk to our, um, autoresponder and all the things there. And then we have a wonderful person in customer service. And then we have Takesha, who's our community manager in origin. And she helps me with so many things. Um, and then we have a podcast editor and somebody who helps us occasionally with web development. And then we have a virtual assistant, uh, Mary, who helps with like uploading the blog and doing some sort of techie stuff behind the scenes, like techie admin stuff behind the scenes. Um, and we have a Facebook ads manager. Mm -hmm. So trying, I'm like, did I forget any? I hope I didn't forget anybody, but that's who we have. So that's, that's a lot useful. of people. Yeah. yeah. Right. And oh, and I'm in the process of hiring a full-time executive assistant mm -hmm. because what's falling through the cracks right now is um, scheduling some social media stuff and my email. My inbox is like such a disaster because I just don't respond. <laughs> That's my do your do less email. Well, if they want me bad yeah. enough, they'll find another way to get in touch yeah. with me. And, um, and that actually is pretty effective, but I'm not like, it's not super proactive. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we are at an inflection point though, where I'm really realizing, and there will be changes coming around this, but um, I'm really realizing there are some ways in which I want to change the way my brand is and give myself a little more freedom. And so mm -hmm. I won't say much more about that right now, but anybody who's listening, who's like, wow, it seems like a lot. I just really want to affirm it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, but I will say like, I have hard and fast rules about my work hours. So I work like, work about 30, sometimes 35 hours a week, sometimes more if it's a launch, but like I go to Pilates in the middle of the day or do a workout at my office, go take a plunge in, you know, my mom's pool, like whatever. I just like get a massage. I mean, I just do those things. So and then I, I'm done work at like 4, 4.30 because my kids come home and it's time to be a mom. Yes. Um, and I'm very diligent about my sleep hygiene as well. Like I'm pretty much in bed by nine. So it's, I just sort of have the container of the amount of time that's available. And then whatever doesn't fit in there just doesn't get done. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, 
Um, I, I had a, a friend who's an amazing uh, professional organizer come over and help me organize my closet. And there are now slots for the shoes. And like, if I get a new pair of shoes, I just have to get rid of one because mm -hmm. there aren't enough slots. And that's kind of how I work my schedule. I have very clear boundaries. So I can't, it can't just like ooze out. So since my schedule can't expand, I have to get rid of something if something else wants to get in there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess one of the things that I'm really learning in my business is this whole, like, there's also, there's the time you have available and there's also the headspace you have available to hold all of the things. So I'm guessing that your team like massively helps with that stuff. Like I would imagine that there's certain things that happen behind the scenes of your business that you can just totally get out of your head. That I don't even know are happening. Like exactly. I, for example, years ago, years ago, I realized this was actually in 2013. I have not checked my own customer service email in seven years Wow! because I am so sensitive. Yeah. And one negative email at that time would like put me under my desk for days. And I would be like, I can't, I have to throw in the towel. Like, they're right. I'm terrible. You know, I mean, I would just really go down the rabbit hole. And I realized that while I certainly have grown up and become someone who's like, well, you're welcome to feel that about me. Like, I'm not going to, that's not going to now sabotage the rest of my day. It's also not actually helpful yeah. for me to read tons of negative feedback. Now, listen, I'm making it sound as though my inbox is full of negative <laughs> feedback. It's really not. But like, you know, we have an email list of 35,000 people. So you're going to, and you know, and all the social media, like people have a lot of feelings yeah. Yeah. and some of them are really important for me to know about. And some of them really aren't. And that has taken years of practice of discernment. But we do have a rule in our company that if one person emails in about something, that's, you know, thank you so much for sharing. If two people email in, it's like, okay, we're paying attention. And if three people email in about the same thing, it is a trend and we need to fix something. Um, but I can't be like all over the place, like trying to make the one person happy who, you know, we got an email today about a subject line that rubs somebody the wrong way in one of my emails. And I am just like, and I ended up getting tagged in it. It was a mistake. And I was just like, hey, uh, just a reminder, folks, like, I don't need to know this. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it's not helping me further my mission in the world. Yes. That's it, isn't it? And I love that you shared that because it's like, it's really easy to think that we have to do these things, especially, I guess, when you're at the smaller stages with your business, because most of the people listening to this don't have like email lists of like 35,000 people. Right. And when you're at those smaller stages, it's really nice when you actually can see the people who are in your world and you kind of recognize yes. people's names and you see their emails and then it's then sometimes really hard to let go of being in your inbox, for example, and not having that point of connection with them anymore. However, like, like you said, like for me as well, that would be a massive, it would be a massive thing that took away from my mission in the world because it would be in my head massively. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, the other thing I really recommend you do, please do, please do not get notifications when somebody unsubscribes from your list. Mm, yes. I turned off those off about a decade ago. <laughs> um, but I just also want to be clear, like seven years ago, you know, I think I probably had an email list of 2000 or 
So, you know, so it was, it was not small, yes. but it was not huge. And I still didn't check my own, you know, like, so if you are a sensitive person, you might consider that the energy lost from being all up in there with people's feelings that may or may not have anything to do with you um, may not be worth the time and attention when you could hire that particular thing out. But, but you may be the person where it energizes you. So you just have to know yeah. which thing energizes you and which thing drains you. And then that's how you can make your best hiring decisions. Yes, that is such good advice. What energizes you and what drains you in order to make your hiring decisions? And I am going to come back to what you said about that discernment between like, when do you, when is it something to say thank you, but I won't, you know, let that change anything. And then like actually listening, I'm going to come back to that. But um, firstly, I wanted to ask you, because I know that you talk about like being an overworker, wanting to do all the things and all of this, like, obviously you've got this big team now. Can you think back to a time when you have resisted getting this support in because you felt like you needed to do it all yourself? Yes. I, here's, here's, my, here's my real answer to this question. I, it has not been hard for me to hire people to help, except for the fact that I didn't have the money to do it. I knew I wanted to, and I did not have this badge of honor associated with doing my whole business myself because I saw very clearly where I was going. Like I couldn't possibly do it all myself, but I just didn't have the cash flow. So what I did instead is I kept a list of things that my future assistant could help me with so that when I had the cash flow, I already had the clarity of how I could get help. And I know by getting that job description written, even though I knew I wasn't quite ready yet, I like attracted the opportunity to hire somebody faster because I was already assuming that that was in process as opposed to playing around in like, oh, I can't, but I want to, but I, you yes. know, like not helpful. Um, now that being said, there are certain things I can equate it more with my life in motherhood where yeah. I definitely have much more of the guilt around like, I should be doing this myself. Like I should be doing my kids' laundry myself. I should be the one making sure dinner is on the table. Mm -hmm. I should be the one at every music class. I should be dropping off for every day. I should be picking up for, I should be at all the birthday parties. I mean, like all of that. And so um, that I have had to really just keep talking to myself and be like, hey, what your girls really need is that when you're there, you're really present and that the quality of the time is awesome. So the other day, I had this experience where I was sitting on my driveway having lunch with my kids. We sit on our driveway <laughs> a lot because it's really warm and it's that turn of fall right now. So the air is getting colder and we want all the heat we can get, but to still be outside. And somebody was helping out with some things inside my house a wonderful woman named Julie. And then like somebody dropped something off and then something else happened. And there was all this support happening, but I got to be fully with my kids. Like I wasn't doing a lot of the accessory stuff. Yeah, I was just with them. Like that was my job. And it felt so great to be like, yes, like this is what it's about. I want to be here when I'm with them. I don't want to be 
being with my kids and also trying to make dinner and also trying to do all the laundry and also feeling guilty about my dirty house. And also, and also, and also like my daughter just had her fifth birthday party. And like literally the day before, Mike and I were like, well, I mean, should we do something? (laughs) Like, should we invite anybody? I mean, it's a weird time. It's a pandemic, right? But so we texted a few people in the neighborhood because we've all been hanging out anyway. And, um, and Penelope, we couldn't end up getting a bounce house. And Penelope was like, I know mama, let's, let's play games. Let's bring my games out. I was like, yeah, do you want to have games on the back patio? And she was like, yeah. And I said, what else do you want? And she was like, a cupcake. (laughs) And it was such a great, it was like the greatest. The kids sat on a blanket and played games and then like rode scooters around the driveway. And it was such a great reminder of like, all the stuff doesn't matter. What matters is who are you with and are you actually there? Because I know if I was all wound up about doing some perfectly themed birthday party with some freaking, you know, and, and for women who love that, like I have a dear friend who's, this is totally her zone of genius. So it's not like that's not a good idea, but that would be draining yeah, for me. Yeah. And I just know that. And so it's like, how can I show up as the best mom I can be? Keep it simple. And so anyway, for you running your business, it's how can you show up as the best business owner that you can be? It's likely not, you know, doing all the admin tasks forever. Like that's going to seriously stunt the amount of people you can impact. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love what you said about getting the help around the house so you can be more present with your kids as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like laundry is not my zone of genius and (laughs) my kids like they don't care. The quality exactly. of their childhood is not going to be based on whether or not I was folding their socks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I think this is going to be really helpful kind of pep talk for those who are listening, who need to like drop the ball on some stuff in their business and life. Yes. And yeah. I also want to say, I understand I am totally coming from a lens. I have the privilege yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm super aware of it. And I also will say the woman who gave me the swiftest kick in the ass around it happens to be a woman who grew up in the inner city, who's a black woman who was like, you really need to not be doing your own laundry. Um, which was helpful for me to hear it from somebody who hadn't always had access to that kind of support because she values it even more. And it was a really beautiful kick in the pants. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Um, okay. So in terms of like, your typical day or your typical, typical week, what are the kind of non-negotiable things that you personally do in your business? Um, creating content and connecting. So for example, here we are right now. I know that this sort of thing is the highest and best use of my time. So connecting to people, connecting with you, connecting to your community, you know, showing up on a podcast, doing a Facebook live, um, if it's appropriate, even having a Zoom coffee chat with somebody. Not all the time. I don't do a ton of that. But but if it's somebody who I'm like super jazzed about getting to know, I will absolutely do that. Um, especially right now, since I'm not going to conferences and I'm like not meeting people in that way. So I make a little more time for, for connecting uh, virtually. Um, yeah, creating content. So whether it's recording my podcast, which I won't be doing anymore, um, but writing my blog, writing, creating the content for Origin, um, that's absolutely the highest and best use of my time in any given week. 
I think I love that as a goal for a business. Like literally I'm the one who creates content and connects with people. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So let me see what else have people asked. So basically I would really love to talk to you and I'm going to bring in some of that stuff you said about people's opinions and like listening and all of that. But in terms of like, cause I've been in your world for a while um, I can't remember. I think I found you when I was like pregnant and I was looking for the like examples of mothers in business, you know, cause I was the breadwinner and I just felt like, I don't know anyone doing it the way I'm doing it. I think that's <laughs> when I came across you and um, I've stayed in your world since then. And honestly, one of the things I love most about the work that you do is that you get me thinking differently about things. Mm. And I know that you've been through a massive journey in terms of what you talk about and what your kind of unique message is and um you know honing that voice and i would just love to talk a little bit about that journey because now you've really got your thing and i i don't know if it's the thing that it's forever for you but at the moment it's so like <laughs> do less is such a thing yeah. and, and it's like a really lovely phrase as well so it's it is like, it's like a good brand it turns out <laughs> yeah, thank it goodness it i finally figured something out that was simple <laughs> <laughs> yeah very much do less mm -hmm. but yeah so in terms of like developing that unique perspective, I mean, this is a very broad question, but if you have anything coming to mind as I'm talking about this, I would love to hear about your journey. Okay. From like a branding perspective and a messaging perspective? Or even feel it like how you have felt about it, anything like that. Okay. So I have felt like I was just making it up as I went along the whole time. I still do. Yeah. And I'm like in awe of people who started out knowing what they were doing and then they just did it. Like, and I know that that's not actually most people, but some people look like that was the case. Like mm -hmm. they had a message, they had a brand and they just went for it. Um, I sort of just started blogging and talking about whatever. And then someone asked me to write a book about money. So I did, but I was sort of like, okay, but, you know, and then I created a course about it because people were asking. Um, so I would say the early parts of my journey were a little bit sourced from within, but more sourced from outside, like what were people asking for? And that is a beautiful way to start a business because if people are asking you to do things already, then you already have customers who will pay you to do something. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what you should be doing, but people are asking you for something, just do that for now. <laughs> and then you can do the next thing when it seems appropriate. Um, so I would say the do less work was the first time that other than my blogging, that it was like, this is coming from inside of me and it needs to get out mm -hmm. as opposed to somebody is asking me to mm -hmm. do something. And so that was my sign that I was much more much closer to my purpose and my calling. And then I've talked about this a lot. It was working with Ra Goddess, uh, helping me really, really hone in on this is my mission. This is my movement. I'm super clear on that. And then the how that manifests in the world may shift, yeah, may yeah. change. And of course, you know, my movement and calling may evolve, but it's, it's felt very clear for the last... I would say 21 months or so. So really late in my, you know, pretty late in my entrepreneurial journey, I would say, because I've been at this for 20 years. Mm 
mm. running my own business. And only in the last 21 months have I really felt like I knew what I was doing. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's really helpful, really helpful to hear that because I yeah. think that there is an element. I mean, that whole like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just doing it anyway. <laughs> like, I think so many people have that. And it's really nice to hear from someone like you who like has got a really large present. You've got this book and it's all amazing and stuff to hear you have the same feelings. It's so helpful. Totally. And I think the difference is like, I just feel like we need to give ourselves more space to be figuring it out, you know, and, and perfectionism is such a, is such an insidious way to keep people small. You know, I think it really perfectionism is a bastion of patriarchy and white supremacy and toxic capitalism, really wanting to just like keep people stuck, keep people small. Because if you're terrified of getting in trouble for doing it wrong, or you're terrified of being shamed or ridiculed for screwing something up, you're not going to get out there. Mm -hmm. And so really creating a culture where it's not about winning or doing it perfectly. It's about, you know, trying and tweaking and learning and sort of that iterative process of putting something out there and then being like, oh, that didn't work. Okay. What didn't work about it? Let me try again. Oh, that worked a little bit better. What worked? Okay. What didn't work? So again, that's like really the cyclical process. That Mm -hmm. is the cyclical, that is the upward cycle of success that you like get out of the gate, you go around once you come on back in and you're like, okay, let's regroup. And then you go out again, <laughs> maybe a little stronger, maybe not this time. And then you go around and come on back in and check back in, as opposed to this um, idea that somehow we're supposed to be on a linear path. It yeah. just like none of us are, doesn't, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it has been so helpful thinking of it as a kind of upward cycle rather than a, you know, linear path. So helpful. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go back to something you said about the kind of the idea of like people asking you for something and then you producing something that matches that. And then with the do less stuff, you felt it really came from inside you. Cause I know that um, one of the things that comes up a lot uh, with me and my listeners and my clients and stuff is that like, it's a real practice in order to trust that nudge, that inner nudge and to believe that it's um, something you know, we get the thoughts like, who am I to talk about this? Or like, is this, is this even something that people are interested in? Like, how do you trust it when it is really coming from inside? Do you have any words of wisdom to share for people listening about that? Yeah. When something's coming from inside me, I get obsessed. Like it, it wakes me up in the morning. It's what I think about when I'm falling asleep. I have dreams about it. I just can't stop thinking about it. So that's how I know the difference because I get obsessed. Like I want to order all the books, learn all the things. It's everything I read about. It's everything I talk about. And then synchronicities start to show up where like I, 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 I read an article and it connects me with this other idea that I was just thinking about. And it was seemingly not connected, but then I'm like, no, 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 this is the same thing. And then this person reaches out with this article that's, you know, and so it's just so, um, Yeah, it just, the path sort of becomes clear and I don't have to do anything around getting myself motivated and like the people show up, the information shows up. It just, there's, there's kind of a, I wouldn't say it's like easy. I mean, it still can be a challenge to learn new things or implement new things or put something new out there, but there's a flow about it. 
where mm-hmm. I feel like, yes, it may be challenging, but like I have the wind at my back mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, trying to sail into the wind, which is, if you've ever tried to do that, it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I, I get what you're talking about because it doesn't mean it's not, it doesn't mean that it's all easy, but I know what you mean about choosing the thing that it's, you keep thinking about it. It keeps coming up in all different ways and just following it rather than, rather than trying to fit yourself into something else. And I'm sure that honestly, I mean, when it does come to coming up with like a unique, um, a, a kind of, what, what did you call it? Like a movement or a, or like a framework, something unique like that. There's going to always be an element of, yes, this feels easy and it feels right to me because it's what's just nagging at me. But at the same time, this is a bit different because it is a unique framework by definition. So you've got to like, I guess there's a lot of trust basically in in just going for it and putting it out there. Yeah. And then there's also the rigor and the devotion of doing it well, right? Because there is a tendency of just like, okay, trust and putting it out there. And I'll see folks doing that. And they're like, well, it's not working. And I'm like, well, that's because you spent like two hours on a Saturday afternoon Mm -hmm. slapping it together. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, give yourself a little more credit than that. Um, So even though, (laughs) even though I talk about doing less, like the truth is there are plenty of people who could do more. really like dig in and take themselves a little more seriously. Um, and only, you know, which one you are and, and it'll change. There are times when I need to do a little more and be a big girl and just like get in there and I'm actually being lazy. And there are times when I really need to do less. I'm more on the spectrum of, I could do less, but every now and again, I find myself just like being a bratty kid and it's like, okay, Kate, you, you can, you can, you can do, do a little more here. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I guess when it comes to building this unique kind of movement and philosophy around things, obviously there's an, there's a real element of leadership and one of the thing, and, and just having a, a, an online platform and I believe makes you a leader in its own way anyway, like no matter how big it is. And I really admire the way that you show up as a leader because you are very much focused on your own ideas and what matters to you and very much, you know, you put things out there that obviously matter to you and are are your unique feelings. However, you, like you touched on earlier, you won't take everyone's little criticism into account because nobody, nobody could live like that. However, I have heard you, for example, on your podcast and like in your origin community and stuff, you've, you've very clearly listened to what other people are saying and come back and talked about the process that you're going through and how you're going to implement whatever needs implementing or talking about, you do that. And I, and I really admire that. However, I imagine it's not always easy. I don't know, but I would love to just hear your thoughts about that because I think it's very important at the moment and forever. And for us with platforms who are leaders, it is important to take a stand on things and know that we're not perfect but we can listen and try and do better and do better next time. Yes. So there are certain topics that I talk about that are intense for people, Um, whether it's around race or some of my my beliefs around health freedom. um, Those would be the main, the main ones. (laughs) Um, And uh, gender equality is a huge one also Mm -hmm. as well as, um, you know, trans rights and um, homophobia. And so anyway, those are like super important to me. And 
there will be people like, for example, I posted um, something having to do with race about Breonna Taylor the other day. Mm -hmm. And a woman commented and she was like, well, I will be, you know, taking in all the different sides of this and making my own decisions, right? Which is fine. She's welcome to absolutely say that. At another time or, you know, if I were somebody else, I might have wanted to like get in there with her mm-hmm. and, and, and like poke at it a little bit. And I just was like, okay, cool. Like she's probably not so much my people. That's fine. Um, and so that's an example of like, yeah, leaving that one there. However, a couple of weeks ago, we came up with an episode of our podcast that really pissed some people off and there were enough of them that it was like, okay, we need to talk about this. Like we screwed up. And actually, quite frankly, I already knew we had mm-hmm. in certain ways, um, in certain ways. And then in certain ways, like there are some things in the episode that I absolutely agreed with and st- stand by that plenty of people had criticism about. And there were some parts that I was like, no, 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 that was an error. You're right. And so that is like, how do you know which one it is? I don't know. I think you just know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I receive plenty of criticism, like the email today that I got about my subject line pissed somebody off. And it was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. Like it wasn't, it wasn't racist. It wasn't homophobic. It wasn't, um, there was nothing about it that was like other than maybe being a little edgier than I usually am. But I'm like, well, if that, you know, or some people might swear a lot in their brand and yeah. people want to write in about that. And I'm just like, it's okay if I'm not for you. Mm. Like, you are more than welcome to just unfollow me or unsubscribe. I am not hurt by that at all. I really don't care. <laughs> um, however, if somebody is in our community and, you're, and they're, they're bringing my attention to a blind spot that I've had, especially as it relates to privilege, race, class, um, you know, gender privilege, cisgender privilege, right? Like I want to, that I want to know about because I know that there's a lens that I look through the world, look at the world through that is limiting. Mm. And so I know I'm going to screw up. I know I'm going to keep screwing up. I know that I'm going to keep needing to do better there. Um, But when it comes to me like saying, you know, I don't think the government should tell me what to inject in my kids. And somebody, you know, says nasty things about me. I've done, I've done decades of research on that. So I'm like, that's cool. You can disagree. Yeah. So, yeah. I love what you said about you just knowing there's a certain lens through which you look at things and that you you know, you've got blind spots. It's so, sure. so important to remember. And I think what I was hearing was basically like, you've got these values that are really important to you in your business. You want to make all these groups of people feel safe and heard and seen. And then in, in that way, you've it almost like, if someone's coming to you about stuff like this, you know, like, okay, that is actually a real core value of my business and I need to listen. You know, if enough people are talking to you about it. So yeah, yeah that's really, really helpful. Oh, right. I could talk to you all day, but we're running out of time. Um, So I'm just going to ask you a really quick question. I've got like a deck of cards with random questions on, and I always pick a random one for my podcast. So so, um, what are some of your personal rules that you refuse to break? Going to bed early. I will every now and again make an exception about going to bed early. I've done it twice in the last month for women 
who I just like completely adore. So I've done something for them. Um, but it's really, really rare that I will sacrifice sleep for it, for, for anyone. And then also, um, I have a four night minimum away from my kids. So sorry, four night maximum, (laughs) four night minimum. (laughs) I have a four night maximum (laughs) away from my kids. So like, I, I wouldn't say yes to something at this point that had me be away from them for more than four nights. Oh, I could have spoken to Kate all day about all the things, but I really hope you enjoyed that episode. And just a reminder, her origin community is open now for a very limited time. I wholeheartedly recommend it. It is a community in itself, but it's also full of amazing business content, practical advice, purposeful stuff. She has a monthly lesson, interview, and a Q&A where you can actually get on the call with her, which is like amazing. Um, So yeah, if you want to check out the details and read about the bonus I'm offering, just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash origin. Feel free to ask me any questions because like I said before, I've been a member for like over two years. It's just one of those spaces that I am, you know, it's just for me and I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So I'm sure I'm going to be a member for a lot longer as well. So yeah. That link is ruthpandwhite.com forward slash origin. And thank you so much for listening. I bloody love the fact that I get to record interviews with my business idols. It is one of the best things about podcasting. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing, because your work really does matter.